I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. He has created an absolute Boys, we are here to rant. James, we have to do justice before we just slide right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races of all time. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a B team. What do they need? What on earth? I don't have an option. I'm talking world Wow. Welcome. Welcome. To Prem de la Prem. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of Prem de la Prem. It is your sort of Match Week 22 recap. It is the lovely week of January 17th. I got Patrick right here. How mm-hmm. we doing, Patrick? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, ready to get into it. Plenty to... Okay. Plenty to discuss. Plenty for us to poke at and see what pokes back. But why don't we go ahead and start with, I'm sure, what all the fans are waiting to hear about, their voice being heard. It was the team of the season so far results that we put to the people on social media. And Patrick, let me put it this way. The Prem heads spoke, mm-hmm. and neither of us really won. It was, it was more of a vote of no confidence in Prem de la Prem and the teams that we support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so here's how it went down. In the case of Jose Saw versus David De Gea, Prem heads went 59% Jose Saw, 41% David De Gea. Um, a nice touch here was Andy asking us to be reminded which one he voted for live yeah. on air. And in right. the case of Connor Gallagher <laughs> versus Emil Smith Rowe, the Prem heads went 61% Connor Gallagher, 39% ESR, meaning it, it was a vote of denouncement against both United and Arsenal. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, I think that um, given the opportunity to, you know, stick a knife in our back, the Prem Heads will take it. So Always. that is not an unsurprising Always. result. It's a two-way street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you're unsurprised? No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, Prem Heads can be vindictive, and they hold us to a high standard. And <laughs> given some of the comments we received, James, we weren't anywhere close on the team of the season in, in the Prem Heads' eyes. Not across the board. So I think that they were sticking it to us a little bit, saying, okay, you want to do that? Yep, those yeah. are your guys. Get yeah, on the in. Two option, the two-option factor was a real a real yep. holdback. We nailed our colors to the mast on Edward Mendy, too. Oh, yeah. Well, no one debates that. No, one no debates that's that. true. No, that was, yeah. Carl, that was Carl in a vacuum, kind of just screaming into the void. We got reminded, though, just how valuable he is just with one, one important game for Keppa. Mm-hmm. Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah, it was kind of like, uh, well, this proved to be completely inaccurate, but like Harry Maguire's value went up the less that he played. Right, yeah. Well, yeah, it used to do that. <laughs> now it's uh, whichever way you look. Yeah. There's no good way to skin it. But anyway, we digress. So let's run through the team, why don't we? So we get it all here on paper. Jose Saw, I guess, for Wolves, the hipster pick, gets in there. But I'm not here to debate that. Trent Alexander-Arnold right back. Ruben Diaz partnering Antonio Rudiger. We've slotted Jao Cancelo in there as a left back Swiss Army Knife option. Declan Rice, our holding midfielder. Bernardo Silva a little bit pushed up in our 4-3-3. Alongside him is Connor Gallagher, who immediately, I think, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. I think when ESR was not playing for Arsenal, Connor Gallagher went ahead and scored against Brighton in the South mm-hmm. London Derby. So good pick, Prem Heads. Uh, right wing, Mo Salah. Striker, Mikhail Antonio. And then I think this is an important decider here on who should be given credit between me and you. Is it me for deferring on Maxwell Cornet? And alas, we haven't had a chance to see him play because Burnley, I don't think, is playing any Premier League games in the winter season. Um or, you know, is it you for going with Emmanuel Dennis? A good pick, good pick all around, and mm-hmm. taking, the, uh, taking the tiebreaker there to round out the team. It's a good team, James. It's a good team. And I think you could make, a, you could make another team with the rest of the league that could compete with it. So if the Prem heads want, Ooh. you know, come up with your own team. See if you can beat us. Mm-hmm. A, a combative team of the season. Yeah. And then we'll play on FIFA those teams against each other love it love mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. hit us up challenges out there we'll do it um we won't film the fifa game or put it on twitch you just have to take our word for what happened yeah we'll see how it goes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay well patrick let's get into the headline 
The story on everyone's minds, we are in a fully-fledged COVID postponement war. This is what mm -hmm. we've devolved to in 2022. And I wouldn't say it's the, what's the opposite of a valley? Or, or, oh, okay. We're in the valley as opposed to the peak yes. of um, sportsmanship and gamesmanship oh, alike. Are we? Well, it seems that way. Why don't, we, why don't we start from the beginning? It all started with, I'm here to report the Pats. The facts. <laughs> Clearly in my head. And then you can go ahead and chime in with some color commentary. Yeah. It all started with Liverpool getting their first leg Carabao Cup tie with Arsenal suspended due to a slew of positive COVID cases. And then there's the obvious subtext that Salah, Matip, Mane had all just gone off to AFCON. Now, let's go ahead and cue only one true positive COVID case being found. Jurgen Klopp chalked it up to false positives, and then some scientists chimed in on Twitter. Again, like I'm saying, some scientists on Twitter. So whatever grain of salt you believe belongs in that context, go ahead and take it. Um, he said that the chances of more than three to four false positives in one batch was like less than 1% or something like that. So I don't know if I Liverpool. smell foul play there, but yeah, it's certainly foul again. play adjacent. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then yeah, they were uh, big baddies. They were the they were the bit. they were the big baddies and and in akin to them, Arsenal were the people's champ for about a week because they were speaking truth to power, weren't they? Sure, yeah, yeah, fighting the good fight, down mm -hmm. to ten men. Mm hmm. You know, they were talking about in light of recent COVID incidents how unfair it was that fixtures were getting rearranged, but little did we know they were cooking something up in the fires of Mordor. Uh, there was one more twist <laughs> to the plot. <laughs> In light of injuries, AFCON availabilities, a certain red card to a certain player, and then possibly maybe somehow a COVID case mixed in there. Arsenal got their bid to postpone the North London Derby approved. Maybe that is for the best, Patrick, because the North London Derby would have been so low in quality, um, depending on the teams that would have been fielded. But sure. still, here we stand. And it is hard for me to look at Arsenal in a People's Champ-esque light. All said and done. Oh wow. Are we are we the bad ones now? We did wrong. It's <laughs> I <laughs> I think you went ahead and looked at the FA cowering in their tower and thinking we can probably put a few body blows in here and see if they flinch. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a um, a moment where Yeah, we just kinda called their bluff, didn't we? Mm-hmm. And they caved, uh, and it's it's the the interesting bit here is that um, we've had the moving target of rules, right? And then uh, <laughs> there was no mention of Afcon being a consideration for the postponement of games, but seems like that's a new rule as well. So it depends how good the players are, Patrick. It might, <laughs> it might just. It's like well, which Pepe players? won a man of the match, mm. uh, and then another one got sent home. Uh, so that's a different story. But anyway, uh, yeah, James, this seems like it's going to be somewhat of a slippery slope with injuries, suspensions, um, sent two guys out on loan before that postponement as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so what I think was originally meant for COVID postponements has now become a loose definition. So yeah. Arsenal it, seems like, it seems like game on if you actually are down, down players because game of Thrones. I, don't, I don't know how uh, the powers that be can – really have any leg to stand on with like not granting requests it's so at this brutal. stage it's so you brutal. Know? they just so can't get like, out of their own way yeah i think that at this stage if you don't you know for whatever reason if you don't have you know 12 13 players all eyes are going to be on that um mm -hmm. that 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 application for for for, for suspension of the game so well we're it's, it's we're, wide open i think yeah we're recording this on Monday, January 17th, shout out Dr. King. Um, mm -hmm. Didn't another team just put in a bid? Was it Burnley? They're like, we don't really feel like playing this month either. Burnley's trying to... Um, well, Burnley's next game against Ar is Arsenal. Oh, so that would oh be as of one hour ago, I think this is breaking news on Prem de la Prem. Burnley versus Watford postponed because of COVID-19 and injuries among home players. Mm. Well, mm. here's the thing. Injuries were apparently always part of the rule. Uh yeah, the suspensions and yeah, Afcon. I guess it's a weird one, right? Yeah, it's like they're technically unavailable, but 
you know, you could. It's just weird. Yeah. So they, they the Premier League cowers that they are find themselves in quite the predicament, James. Mm-hmm. And here we are. I think it's going to be absolute madness. Not right now, but later in the season when, when you're all... already going to have a little bit of fixture congestion. Oh, yeah. You're trying to make up all of these games. You're going to have another festive season where they're not going to want to push it past May. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going well, to get, it's going to get spring is when it's going to get a little a little crazy, and people are going to want the postponements. Teams will be in Europe. It's going to be harder to do it. FA Cup ties continuing on. Yeah, you're going to get more of these, and it's it's going to be nasty. And I don't know how the Premier League walks it back. Really mm-hmm. don't. Yeah, Klopp, Klopp, the people's champ of player safety and, um, you know, making sure everyone is, uh, you know, football comes after after health. He's come the spring when it's makeup time and he's got his full squad and compliment of Salamane. He's like, let's just, you know, let's just run one game every day. FA, let's run it back. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, as long just, as they're fit. Just pump them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as long as they're fit. Keep it going. But yeah, I, I think... Um, Lost in all of this, James, is, I think, a little bit of uh, good fortune for the folks at at, uh, at Liverpool. I don't know how. Everyone likes to lump on Arsenal for doing doing just about anything. But Liverpool started had some it. False, false positives. We submitted an application. There's differences here. By the books. If yeah, being no. Honest. In fairness, Patrick, I did set this up with, uh, if, we're, if we're using the, the schoolboy playground... Um, case in a court of law Liverpool started it um, and that's also not true because this has been going on for such a long time right but you know it, 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 as the egregious pendulum started to swing in the more egregious side um, yeah the, the FA just kind of like standing down and it's like well these things happen you know false positives we all just kind of mm-hmm. like, we all just move along yeah, um, sweep it under the rug. And then my favorite reaction to all of this, be it Liverpool, be it Arsenal, like just like the diehard writer fans you get on Twitter, like I think Arsenal actually did get a positive COVID case like a few days later, and they're like, who's going to shit on us now? And it's like, yeah, well... two uh, in the mix. <laughs> yeah, it's like, this, this is new. This is new <laughs> news. It cannot be lumped in. But anyway, um, all that said, Arsenal always has been precedent setters. You know, Wenger, sports science, and now figuring out where the FA's line is in COVID postponements. So credit to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We get called soft and pushovers and all this stuff. And, and, and God forbid we try to compete. Then everyone loses their damn minds. We're here to play ball, James. Because we're here. Nuts you're, on the table. You're quite literally not here to play ball. Later. We're here to play ball later. <laughs> in the month of May. Oh, we'll be playing. God, I mean the the not the you title. credit Jaka. Not the There's title very race. Few people, very few people with this level of foresight. Granted, Jaka. I'm so Just glad. I'm yeah. so glad you invoked the X word, Patrick, because I've got a stat attack for you, and this one comes Please. courtesy of Kiki Terry, our statistician from the East Coast. Shout out, Kiki! Thanks for listening. Thanks for hitting us up with little juicy morsels like this, Patrick. In five years at Arsenal, Granite Jaka has issued 19 Instagram apologies. <laughs> That's not enough, James, because there's a lot of things he hasn't apologized for. <laughs> you can break that down to about four a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, th- this just ties to him saying, like, that's why I don't go in my hardest. When you say, like, well, there's even some things out there he hasn't apologized for. You're like, but wait, there's more. Yeah. I mean, what a... It was one of those where... And this was this was when... Uh, you know, Arsenal was already the the darling of the country at the time, right? We're, we were fight, we're the good guys fighting the bad guys at that at that point. You were and the good guys, yes. For we for go play, we go da- we go time. down the, a man, and like I felt like the whole the whole spirit was just galvanized, kind of like mutual, just like we feel for you. Like there's no reason he should be doing that. Yeah, Jaka Jaka punting that Liverpool player in the chest was the single most embodiment of leadership I've seen of an Arsenal player in years. Well, I wouldn't go that far. He quite literally took one for the team. Like you said, it galvanized everyone. And I think yeah, Jaka saw five steps into the future. Yep. And then he was unavailable. We play the North London Derby now. We get Partey back. You know, who knows? And, and Odegaard as well. It's an interesting one. And it's one that there's a reason he keeps getting picked, James. There's a reason he's always in these teams. So managers mm-hmm. love him for just that ability. Mm-hmm. Keen, keen brain he's got. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and lost in Crazy. all of this is uh, Spurs issuing a public statement, which is basically like, "Fuck you, Arsenal," taking the high road now, trying to become yeah. the new, not trying to take up the the post of the new people's champs when they know well and good if that game was gonna go ahead, they've been in terrible form. Yeah, I so, mean, in, in, yeah. I, I can certainly understand the the Spurs fans feeling aggrieved, and as much as I understand it, I enjoy it. It, but I think that the North London Derby, you know, they were going to be down Son and, and, and others as well. I think the North London Derby for the neutral should be better on the return leg. Plus, it's going to have the extra spice of this being postponed. So don't think that we've lost anything. I think we've gained something. Uh, Spurs fans might not see it that way. But I think it's going to be a much a much spicier thing on the return leg, you know, given that they're basically posting, like, passive-aggressive Facebook posts, you know, about entities that didn't even suspend the, the first game. Yeah. It was UEFA. Not even the FA. Different body that, that did it. You know, just salt. Just yeah. a lot of salt. They're and I cl- love it for the Derby. Yeah. It's great. Their club- and it should have consequence given the table. I love it too. Their club statement was more or less like a 16-year-old on Facebook. Like, what's on your mind? Let me get something off my chest. They didn't have <laughs> yeah. any demands. They were just like, I'm here to vent. <laughs> Do you want to you wanna talk? No? You good? Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> All yeah, right. Totally. Well, let's move it along. Patrick, we normally do this at the top of the episode. Um, last week, we, we did our bit on the title race, and I don't think City versus Chelsea necessarily changes any of that. So let's go ahead and no. focus on the other end of the table and saying goodbye to a dear, dear friend who was never here for a long time, nor was he here for a good time. But Charlie Puth is here with his keys. <sighs> this is going to be tough. Rafa Benitez walked into Everton with a plan to win friends and influence people, changing the narrative amongst Evertonians who had long since been able, not been able, to separate Anfield from the man. Benitez did start on a stroke of genius by signing Salomon Rondon and immediately making him the focal point of their entire attacking play. Benitez also showed keen diplomacy by never explicitly telling Richarlison he was not on penalty duty. And the bonds he forged are evident in the players who had to be shipped out during Benitez's tenure. They only had positive things to say about the man, and it's no different here at Prem de la Prem Patrick. We wish Rafa Benitez all the best in his next endeavor over on Tyneside for the 2022-23 season down in the championship. Rafael Benitez Mares, born 16th April 1960 in Madrid, Spain. Illustrious career as a manager at Madrid, Inter Milan, Liverpool, Valencia, Napoli, most recently Everton, for what was his shortest spell as a manager, you'd have to assume. James... I got to take a little bit of joy in this one, I'll tell you. That was beautiful, Patrick, first and foremost. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to say Um, that first. Uh, I I, I would also like to take joy from this, but I think in the grand scheme of things in our early season predictions, which we can do a full download on next week to remind the Prem heads, but I would maybe give us less credit on this one than City, like predicting City to win the title. This one was, it seems everyone except Everton's owner and Rafa Benitez knew this was going to end. So terribly, terribly. It it was yeah from the jump. This was just this was just horrible. It was absolutely horrible. It was a it was a match made in hell uh, from a cultural standpoint. And then you know I, I I do think you have to scratch your head a little bit at the uh, the more recent jobs he's had to see if he's even kind of a fit a fit manager for this stage. So hmm. yeah, not sure we'll see him again, James. I'm really not, but. If we do, yeah, perhaps perhaps the championship and back yeah. on up is yeah. the route to go. You rattled through those teams he's coached and you know it is career. it is a bit of it is a bit of the Mourinho syndrome of like, hey, let's not forget at one point when he was at Liverpool, obviously the team that Everton hates with a burning passion, won them the Champions League, and then on a smaller scale, Newcastle absolutely loved the man and, and what he was doing there on a limited budget. Um but yeah, he brings it to uh, he brings it to Everton, and I, I read it, there was a pretty funny report from the Athletic that detailed everything he did, which was like um, 
really pragmatic football, you know, pissed off a lot of senior players in the team, um, decreased expected goals by X amount. And he's like, no, 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 we're not talking about his time at Madrid. So this is just his calling card, like wherever he goes. And it's it has finally caught up to him. All we had to do was wait. What is it? Mid-January? I yeah. honestly, what did we say at the beginning of the season? I can't wait to go back to that tape because... I think he I lasted it longer. Be before, yeah, he lasted longer. Yeah, I thought it was going to be before Boxing Day. I thought it was going to be done before. It's because he started quite well, didn't he? None of us yeah, were he fooled, bought himself a but month. it was pretty funny. He bought, he, he bought himself a month with the way he started. Mm-hmm. I mean, since then, because didn't they win like their first three games or something? Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, yeah. but when you, I mean, I actually do think Damari Gray has kind of like proven himself to be a Premier League quality player. But like, I agree. Andros Townsend, you're always just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those that, you know, they're in the table, right? They're they're what sixteenth is it? Uh, I think. Yep. They sit. So, they sit sixteenth, uh, six points ahead of eighteenth place Norwich, despite playing two games less. Yeah, so they're they're in a relegation battle. You have to say, uh, especially with all these games in hand. You know, you know, Burnley's got games in hand. I guess Norwich. Norwich and Newcastle are behind them, so you know they're they're they should still be safe, and they certainly have the talent that they should be safe. But this is—I don't know where they go from here, James. I don't even know who. Uh, I mean, I guess the, what, what are the options here? Roberto Martinez is being talked about, and then I think there's some more kind of out there theories. He seems to be the one that's the yeah actually got some legs. If if you were to discuss a short list that's based on. Some half reporters, half just the court of public opinion. I think the names that have been tossed out there are Roberto Martinez, Graham Potter, Wayne Rooney. You can debate the realisticness of those happening and also the benefits of each one of those, pros and cons. But for now, Patrick, I think we're staring down another spell of big dunk caretaker manager, which I, for one, could not be more excited about. I think that's what we're seeing. Yeah, they're probably going to be in no hurry to get this sorted. Uh, they got Villa up next, which should be a barn burner. Let's actually take a peek at their schedule here. Um, they got Villa and Newcastle, so Villa's a game they you'd like to win, but Newcastle kind of drifts into that. Mm, must I'd even say win? can't lose, can't mm, lose yeah, territory. More, yeah, you're right, can't lose. It's not a must win, not yet. Yeah, ties fine there, especially away. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's one of those that's uh, an odd one. I think you look at now, kind of the, you know, I guess. You know, Brentford and Leeds are just above them, and Villa's just above them. Those those, those teams feel clear, even though they are just three points clear. Uh, so, every, yeah, they should be fine, James. Are you worried about them at all? You think they have a chance? No, of not worried about Everton because you know what's no. going to happen. They'll get their bounce. I think everyone uh, we can we we can certainly go back and touch on Luca Dina's just masterpiece of a of an Instagram post. And the reason I bring it up is because this is going to be a classic case. We were waiting for it to happen at United, but I think when when players get um, dispirited with their manager, they'll show up for the caretaker or the, or the new guy. And mm. Even if... I'm willing to go as far as even if Benitez stayed, he would have kept this team up. I think that's just like level of players you got at Everton versus level of players below you at Watford, Norwich, Newcastle, and Burnley. That being said, yes. I think you're absolutely right. No one above Everton is going to save them. I think Leeds have finally got a little bit of footing underneath them. Two wins on the trot. Brentford right. would 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 be a total belignment of what they've done so far in their 21 games, kind of proving their worth in the Premier League. And then you start getting into just genuine mid-table teams. So I, I still think it's a four-horse race for the relegation zone. Everton cannot yeah. be included in there. Not yet. Not yet. One to keep a little bit of an eye on. Uh, yeah, the Newcastle game, it has my interest, right? That's a game where they can... If they win that game, they're looking really, really good. Really good. Would, would love a, a Newcastle victory there as much as I am praying for chaos in their camp. Yes, yes. I mean, Norwich is catching a decent run of form. I think a huge, huge game coming up between Watford and Norwich, both sitting on the edge of the relegation zone. So, fun battle down there, James. Fun battle. And now's the time of the year to pay attention to it before it gets too late. It really is. Um, I think we should move on to those teams in, in due course, but I do want to spend just a moment on, on Luca Dean. This would be freak material, if not for some other freaks. I know you and I have queued up. Good um, 
never have I ever read a post that talks about taking the high road and not entering a war on words with anyone and ending with sometimes it only takes one person from the outside to destroy a beautiful love affair. Isn't that the truth, James? Isn't that the truth? He didn't quite enter a war on words with anyone. He entered it with, with one person. Really specifically one mm-hmm. person. But we don't know uh, who. He did not name names. Yeah, and when you want to talk about just kind of, you know, brain-dead management from Everton, if you're going to sack the manager, why, you know... they Yeah, they just surely took... Surely just keep him, keep Dingye around. Like, if it was going to be a week later... Just, you didn't need to get rid of both of them. Patrick, you could rank rotten clubs in the Premier League just like top to bottom from their core shit shows. And I think Everton actually gives United a run for its money in their relative sense because you're exactly right. If you know this manager's on his way out, you just backed him on making a massive decision with shipping out a senior player. And Dina was wearing yeah. the arm, armband for, for long periods while Coleman was out. You'd say like, you know, he's not like... Um you know, club legend territory, but he's kind of like that group below it, you know, for them, I would think. Yeah, or at least really good now. quality player for their level. Yeah. And Villa's picked up a gem. Uh, so maybe this is a good transition, Patrick, because obviously uh, we, we, think about, we think about Newcastle being the bells of the ball this January and just splashing out ridiculous cash, but they're being outshone by Jared and Villa in terms of sensationalist buys. And again, I, for one, am pretty disappointed they get Trippier, Villa get Dina from Everton. Villa get Philippe Coutinho, who we had earmarked for Everton uh, for Newcastle. Yep. And Newcastle trigger a twenty million release clause on Chris Wood. Spot the lie. Oh man. Um, first of all, what are we doing with a release clause on Chris Wood? <laughs> what are we doing there? I think uh, I think they were just all ready to get the negotiations over. And- I can't believe that someone was. No disrespect to him, even even in on him. Uh, I think I thought Burnley was like the perfect level for Chris Wood. Yeah, that's Patrick. It's like maybe, when you're signing. When you, it's like when you're getting a new app from the App Store, and it's like, do you want to read the terms and conditions? Click out into this individual PDF, and you're like, Nah, I'm good. Right. That was like the agent <laughs> proposing the Chris Wood release clause. Um, yeah, and so by the um, by the books, you know, you want to talk. Um, you know, a little bit of craziness here. Villa's Villa's net spend over the last five years has been you know minus two hundred and seventy million. Uh, I believe that's in pounds. It says dollars though. Mm. Looks like a dollar sign, not a pound sign. Mm. So I don't know for sure here. Uh, mm. And that's going to include. I'm the not sale. an economist. That's 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 net spend. So that's going to include the sale of you know Jack Grealish. And this is a team that they're. They're not a team that is, you know, ambitions of being mid-table. They're much, much higher in their ambitions. Of course. They're spending like it. Of course. Uh, and Coutinho obviously looked looked a man on a mission. Uh, yeah. Back with Gerrard. What a, what a sight that was. Sometimes you just I mean, have to feel loved when you're a player, you know? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, you I mean he kissed the or he, you know pounded the badge or something or other after he he scored in his first in his first game while he's on loan. So I mean he's he's clearly happy to be here and not in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. So what it's interesting to me is I mean I think you know season is relatively gone I'd say for for Villa. You know they're they're nearly nearly ten points clear of the European discussion at this point. Uh, so this is a building year for me, for them. When we thought it was going to be a little bit of a smoother transition yeah, post-Grealish. Post uh, but I like what they're doing with Gerrard. I mean, it might be a bounce, but I, 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 I rate him a bit as a manager. So, Well, I'd um, argue, I don't know what you consider a bounce, but his results haven't exactly been one direction of upward trajectory. There's been a lot of, quite a few losses sprinkled in there. Villa's a team that tends sure, not to draw, but they which were, is very interesting. They, but I do agree. Yeah, they were in a relegation has, battle before. He has some pull. He has some sway. And, and they are recruiting in a way that is teeing them up for another charge next season. I agree. Yeah. I'm just trying yeah. to say, let's not, let's not anoint Gerard the, the next pep. And no. I say that with no malice in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sure you do. Sure you do. <laughs> but we talk about Newcastle in contrast to Villa. You know, uh, Villa aside, let's talk about our friends up north. Yep. Almost north of the wall. They bring Trippier in. They bring Chris Wood in. I think both right into the starting lineup. But new players, same old Newcastle. This is a team who have scored first and failed to win on nine different occasions in the Premier League. And when wins turn into draws or even losses, that's how you end up in the position they're in. They are only looking down at Burnley, who, you know, God bless them, having played 17 games while others have played 22. They're allowing us to continue midseason content, which is a beautiful thing for Prem de la Prem. But right. Newcastle, you got to be worried. Does this team, as it stands, get you out of the drop zone? Or are we looking at more moves being made in the next fortnight? You know, I think that they need... The team's good enough, I think, James. Um, but they need a little bit of belief. They need a little bit of... Uh, they need an injection of something. You know, it's a team that's desperate for wins. Uh, they've gone up in many games this year to only be on the one, the one win, given the you know the types of games they've played, how they keep giving up these goals late in games. Mm-hmm. I just think they're they're just mentally you know exhausted. I think they need a little bit of belief, somebody from the outside, somebody from the academy. Got to be something, and because it, it it feels it feels desperate for how it feels desperate for the fans. You can see the desperation on the players, just how defeated they are, you know, when they're almost like that equalizer was always coming when right. it happened, you know. Uh, so I think that right. they need something. And and I, I would I would suspect that's gotta be a, a player, an outside influence. Uh, but it could be it could be as simple as just a, a couple of these hard fought games that go their way. because uh, I I do think that, that team is good enough and they're playing competitively and they're just yeah. They're not getting the breaks. I think that they uh, they probably should. The fact that Norwich is sitting in 18th is 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 remarkable at a minus 35 goal differential. Uh, that they're not dead last when Burnley's minus 11, Newcastle's minus 23, uh, and then you know yeah, there's only two other teams incredible. with a greater negative goal differential. So Newcastle and Burnley, or you know Burnley, you know I'd say belongs where they do. Um, certainly Newcastle. But they're in. They're in with the shout, James, and they should be good enough. Like if you, like you said, if it, if it's a four horse race, they're good enough to be the best of those four. Absolutely. You, yeah. You think they're going to drag Watford back down there? I certainly. Yeah, I certainly rate them to do so. Mm-hmm. You know, I I I, th- I gotta think that those wins are going to come, and you, you think that they close they close that gap a bit. Uh, yeah. But you know, that's where. Got some big games. Yeah, they go big games. They go toe to toe with so many teams, and then it does feel like they they pop that first goal and take the lead, and immediately the mindset is, "Ah, oh, shit, we did that too early," you know. Yeah, and they just start it's, sort of retreating into themselves. Exactly, exactly, and I mean, they look a threatening team. You know, Saint Maximan when he's getting the ball, they're moving, they're doing. You know, they they look like they they should win that game, and they just collapse. And I mean, yeah, that's a that the, the, those are characteristics of. Um, teams to go down though if we're being honest with ourselves so we gotta continue to keep an eye on them i would i hope there's a little bit more craziness in this window and they they're in a position to to -hmm. do it i don't know Mm -hmm. who they might be might be going after but we got two more weeks james and i i can't believe they're done given where they are no no you know eddie howe still still getting time with the team as well even though i think he is very much in it for the long haul no matter what happens um, yep. It still feels like quality of play wise that there's been a bit of a bounce since our dear friend Steve Bruce. Yeah, I mean, they say that um, it might have been a mistake letting them go, but we'll never know. Some say. We'll never know. Some say. Uh, quick word on Leeds just because we were passing over them. I don't know if you saw this, but in the game, uh, let me look up their recent games real quick. It, they just beat West Ham. For a Jack Harrison hat trick, which was uh, very surprising. Oh, but in the game they beat uh, Burnley in three one earlier in the in the month. When the final mm. when the when the final whistle went, Bielsa in the most unBielsa way imaginable, just just gives his assistant uh, manager one of the biggest bear hugs you've ever seen. And this is like a guy who so shows zero emotion. So you immediately just go to the fact that he's going through it right now 
And it was such a cathartic release when they finally got that win to turn things back in their favor on the season. Um, when Bielsa is showing emotion that isn't throwing coffee cups or, or tipping his little hatch that he sits on, um, you just get a sense of the affairs over there. Yeah, and then, the, of course, the, the Jack Harrison hat trick to send him over West Ham. Huge result. Huge result at the, uh, at the London Stadium as well. Mm-hmm. So Did it on the road. It's just another sign that, and that was the leads we saw last year, leads that on their day could go toe-to-toe with any team in the league mm-hmm. just because they're going to bring it, and they had that mentality. They had that spirit. So it's like, we'll for me, st- I still, we'll still think concede. they're a seed. Yeah. yeah, I still think they're like a – I think their natural home is, you know, 11 to 15. You know, so I think that they're on the bottom end of where they'll, where they'll be. They should be just above the relegation battle and comfortably below yep. the European battle. Yep. Yes, indeed. Hopefully forever, because I love the way they play. Deserve to stay. Not, not to win, yeah. but for the Premier League. Lifetime lifetime contract for Bielsa. I think that's something yeah, we, can all, we can all get behind here. Yeah. Um, and that will come back around when we do our beginning of the season predictions. Yep. Men of culture, Patrick. Got an AFCON update. I think everyone's been dying to hear how things are going with our friends over on the other not side of the continent, on the other continent of, of the seven in which exist on planet Earth. I think it's worth balancing this piece with some commentary, Patrick, on the fact that, you know, there have been some really well-officiated games with little incident, and I've seen a few highlights here and there. I haven't been watching the games, I'll admit, but saw a lot of fun goals to come out of the tournament, and you can see how much this means to the players, coaches, fans, and you, yeah. you need to remind yourself this is on the pedestal of... Uh, of the Euros and, uh, um, absolutely, you know, the, the South American tournament. So, um, mean, it, means a whole lot to the players who play in it. And that much world cup qualifying out of Africa is brutal. It's very, very difficult. That's right. They, they so, really get boned with their, with their coefficients. Yeah. yeah. I think that they have, they have 10 groups. Uh, and then all of those groups have one winner that advances after a group stage to a home and home, that eventually sends five to the World Cup. So it's a very difficult... Yeah. Uh, I believe that's how it works, unless it's, it's five and just one go in. But whatever, The only there's a point where only the winner goes through. Insanely so tough. This might be... I mean, for many of these people, or, or for these some of these countries, right, it's the only time you'll kind of see them on, the, on like Get a huge represent. stage playing for their country. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for the knockout stages. Certainly, that's when I'm. I usually get into these. That's when you start tuning a little in. more. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure, for sure. And it's nice to see all the shocks and surprises with these countries with um, not a whole lot of household player names. Um, totally. pulling off some upsets. And so, with with that said, I think we we do find ourselves around the times of these continental cups. The conversation of whether we're falling into a grass is always greener trap with our ref quality um, in the Premier League around these international tournaments like are the premier league refs the worst do we have it good um that debate tends to flare up at these times and the point in case for the afcon has to be referee yanni sikazwe in charge of the tunisia mali game i'm just going to give you a rundown of what happened patrick just the facts please the ref blows the whistle for full time on the 85th minute He realizes he was a tad early, restarts play. Sends a player off in the 87th minute. VAR tells the ref it's not a red. The ref overrules VAR and sticks with his original decision. He blows for full time at 89 minutes. You might say, oh, it was a game with minimal incident. It was just about on the 90th minute mark. No extra time. Sometimes it happens. Patrick, in the second half, there were nine subs, Three VAR reviews, two penalties, one goal, <laughs> one red card, and a drinks break. And we're calling it five and one minute early. Yeah, they later came out and said that he suffered a, a um, heat stroke or something to that effect or no. some sort of exhaustion. Well, that's no fun. Yeah. Uh, don't know if that's true or not. That's like, uh, a, that's like a get behind the shield. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, you, I think you got to say it either way, uh, but... If he was match fixing James, it was just a hilarious way to do it because he sent <laughs> off somebody from the team that was winning. Uh, well, you got to play both sides, Patrick. Have you seen The Departed? Yeah, I guess I couldn't possibly be match fixing. <laughs> Would a match fixer send this guy off? <laughs> it's like he did nothing. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he like he tries to end it at eighty five, and he goes, "Oh shit, they're gonna they're gonna know what's up. I got to send somebody from Molly off. Send him off. All right." 
Yeah, it's close enough. Let's call it there. It it was one of the more bizarre things. Did you watch the video? Uh, I saw I saw bits and pieces. Yeah, bunch go and tell him fans just, though. Yeah, him him shoving the uh, shoving the players away from him after the game as if he had done nothing wrong uh, was my personal favorite. He did look uh, pretty worn down. So you know, hey, sometimes you just gotta call a game early, James. Uh, maybe you had a dinner reservation. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe both these teams end up going through anyway. You know, and then who, what, what does it really matter? You know, so yeah, who cares? Yeah, who cares, Patrick? Huge freak. <laughs> I think Huge freak. like the first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. The first rule in the referees guild is no matter what you've done, defend it to the death, and yep. and just you know rest assured that the refereeing board of which you belong to will also defend you to the death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it does look like um, well, Molly Molly is certainly. Uh, well, I guess Molly's not really the aggrieved party here, are they, James? Um, so Molly should be going through, no problem. But Tunisia's on the on the mm. line, going to need a result against Gambia. So uh, we'll have to see how it goes for them to see if this controversy carries over mm-hmm. and quick into the group stage. And Afcon, stage, on the point of Afcon, Patrick, what's going on yes. with our dear friend Pierre Emmerich? Seems to be suffering some medical issues, keeping him from playing Gabon. He is he is going through it right now. James, it, it, it appears that the story has taken yet another twist. So uh, the latest out of, uh, out of Gabon, the Gabonese cadet, is that uh, Pierre, Pierre and another player uh, have been sent home for disciplinary reasons. Uh, Unrelated break- to the heart lesions. Yeah, breaking, the, breaking, the, uh, breaking kind of the rules. And this was after, this was the day after the... The heart situation. Okay. So it has you, you okay. know, you want to give the benefit of the doubt, especially when there's, and, and Pierre, you know, Obama Young has, has kind of come out and said, you know, not really a strong denial, more of a wait for my side of the story. These are just rumors kind of kind of messaging. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it'll all become clear one, soon. Yeah, it'll it'll become clear, but there's a, there's a large list of incidents uh, that would that would lead you to believe this is not just a a funny coincidence. So, you know, we can still kind of have our have our day and let the judgment come as the facts roll in. But, you know, it's not it's not looking good. It's not looking good for Mr. Aubameyang here. Um, everyone, I think, at Arsenal was for, you know, whether he comes back into the team yeah. or not, just kind of hoping he goes on this trip, gets himself a little bit of form, has himself a little good time. Still a well-liked figure, despite some of the more recent drama so this is just it's it's kind of drifting into that sad territory for me a little bit just kind of watching a in the a collapse in like the twilight this. of his career 32 yeah. years old he is the king wait for all the facts to come out guy when when rain clouds of controversy seem to follow him around all the time it's always like well there's two sides to every story yeah yeah I mean again he stays well liked by his by his teammates and by the fans and I think that's just kind of the personality he has but. Yeah, I mean he's on 250k a week, so I don't know. I don't know who's coming near near that. Yeah, uh, I, if, it's certainly not in the January window with all this noise. I don't think. Yeah, Sh- uh, shout out Greg from Succession, who is the king media monitor. But when yes. I try to replicate him in media monitoring, good memeage and so on and so forth, uh, it, it does seem that the sentiment among Arsenal fans towards Aubameyang isn't. Screw this guy. We're over him. Get him out of our club. It's I'm really sad about this. I wish it wasn't happening this way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. I think it's one of the. It's a different. It's a different side of the saga that uh, you know we went through with uh, with Mezzadozo. Except this one's you know like a, a quick rip of the bandaid rather than one that just takes forever and pulls out every hair in a pain. Oh, this is a, this is a quick rip. Yeah, I mean, it okay. seems it, right? Like, re- re- the relative pace, you know, to kind of the the bubbling of the problems, not on-pitch problems, right, because mm-hmm. he's been out of form for a minute, but the, the other types of issues, uh, kind of getting from the beginning and the uncertainty to he's out of the team very quickly, whereas, you know, certainly right. like a very right, similar right, situation right. with Ozil lasted years mm-hmm. of, you know, will he, won't he, fan base split down the middle, is he good enough, is he not? Arsenal are better than... Uh, better without him right now on the field, yeah. uh, which is that's fair. I thought I'd say that. Certainly not, you know, not, not the beginning even, of the season, not even a year ago. Yeah, yeah. you have to right. think. Uh, you have to think that factored into your your bid to get the game postponed as well. 
if you know if if Obama Young yeah, were fit, he's on, on principle he would not be allowed to play. So postpone our game. Yeah, Obama Young's actually been dismissed uh, from the team, so we don't have enough players. Right. But he's also been dismissed from Gabon, but they have him right now, so he's not available. <laughs> Who yet. has custody? Would, Who has custody of Pierre right now? We're gonna, yeah. Arteta's gonna be contacting the uh, the customs office to deny his entry and send him back by himself another week. Did you see the fake uh, the fake Arsenal lineup that was like if they had trotted out a team against Spurs? It was like Arteta yeah. in the image on the left, like Gunnar Soros playing center Gunnar back. Gunnar Soros, Sacker, <laughs> yeah, Leonel Messo. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they signed a nine-year-old this year, Leo Messo. It's hilarious. <laughs> so good, so oh, good. Oh man, yeah. No, it's not good. It's not good. Oh, um, it's not good. Okay. Yeah, and mostly just sad. All right. Sad, sad. Enough said. Yeah. But you know what's not sad? Afcon. It's electric. It's electric yeah. in its quality, and it's electric in its controversy, which I think is how you could sum up our love for the Premier League as well. So by the transitive property, we will be keeping you posted yep. on AFCON. Round of 16 starts next weekend. Bang. Freak of the week, Patrick. Um, I have two. I thought we were in freak of the week. What were we just doing? Men of culture. Oh. Freak of the week, I try to, uh, for the record, I try to keep it related to the Premier League. Understood. Understood. Um, I don't. So. Uh, I wanted to talk about the ref in the Mali-Tunisia game, so carry on. Okay. But I do have I do have I do have uh, another one as well. I have two actually. Oh wow! What a roller coaster. <laughs> they were in the meta culture category. I don't know I what we to just got. We got a James. Let's take this offline. We got a we got a line on these two segments here. Fair enough. Okay. Sounds like I'm in trouble. Freak of the week number one. Uh, I'm putting Zendaya on the hot seat for just stealing Fabrizio Romano's phrase phrase for lack of a better word. She posted, "Here we go." Um, with the the new premiere of success, uh, Euphoria season two, and it did not go down too well in the footballing community. I think most people were led to believe she had some juicy gossip, um, the the destination of Dusan Vlaovic, and it was just a self serving promo. So, swagger jacking is a real real crime. It is. It absolutely is. Uh, one that I got, James, um, it is the uh, Toronto FC president. Uh, he on on signing Lorenzo Insigne from uh, from Napoli, which is actually a huge huge yeah, signing huge for, for the MLS. Uh, he said, and I quote: "I actually went onto the transfer market website and I looked up the Italian national team on what players were coming out of contract. I started writing down players I thought were world class that I thought would have commercial value in this market, and that's how we found uh, that he wanted uh, Lorenzo Insigne. That's awesome, and I think that that's just that's transparency, absolutely incredible." Yeah, that's transparency. Yeah. That's less we all research. Know people are doing it. Less yeah. research than I do to make FIFA signings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we're deep in Italy people. national yeah. team people. I think are world class. Yeah, coming out of contract. I mean, it gives me hope. It gives me hope that I could run a football. Right. Football. I mean, I, I I do this kind of stuff on my, on my own time. Right. Well, if that's what he's doing, what are the Glazers doing? You know, questions <laughs> have be to be asked. Got to be playing FIFA. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, Patrick. More more legitimate freak of the week for you. I've got Pep. I've got Pep on the hot seat again. Petty Pep. Um, mm. He is a recurring freak, as you know. It is mostly out of love, but I do have to imagine living in Barcelona is nothing short of a cultural nightmare because it seems to be the most passive-aggressive culture in the Western civilization because... <laughs> When asked him, he's he's been he's been faulty of this so many times, and and this past weekend after beating Chelsea, when he was asked about whether his squad has been slightly lucky with COVID cases, staying fit, staying healthy, injury free, um, as we've discussed on Prem de la Prem, a valid question. Uh, when asked about that, Pep let out the most egregious, loud COVID cough without covering his mouth. Um, in response to the question. <laughs> so I, I, I do believe he had tested positive and kind of cleared protocols and all that to, to come back and coach his team. But um, obviously a clear descent to the question he was being asked. And instead of, you know, being direct with his feelings, he opted for the, for the messy cough um, right onto the, the Telegraph ITV reporter or whatever it was. So that's, Pat. that's Petty Pat. Through. Through and through. Uh, James, my freak of the week going in a little bit different direction, a little bit more 
positive here. Uh, going with Darby County, James, after a 21-point reduction, uh, they are now not in dead last in the championship. Yep. Uh, this would be... This this would rival for me in much lower stakes and consequences uh, the type of an underdog story that that Lester pulled off uh, if they are able to stay up right after getting a twenty one point reduction club still might be liquidated soon it's a whole absolute mess and remember they only stayed up by a point last season so this isn't some normal kind of mid table championship right, right they're meant to be fighting for relegation in the first place so. To Wayne Rooney over there, doing a fantastic job. Do you believe in miracles? I just might, James. Uh, as I'm looking at the championship uh, standings, got a feel for old Sheffield. Sheffield's down to 14th in the championship. Not looking great. No, so we might. It might be a while before we see them again. Yeah, uh, James. But Fulham, Fulham, Fulham leads the table. Uh, it makes sense. They're a classic yo-yo team at the at the moment. I, so I do love that. I do love that Derby County story, and it just goes to show how I'm feeling right now as a United fan. That my positives from this past weekend were Rooney at Derby and Brandon Williams registering a pretty nice assist for Norwich. Yeah, he did. It's where we're at. It's where we're at, yeah. folks. Um, I too would love to see Darby staying up. I think when you look at it in totality, it's a it's a tall order. But um, it's like in the movies where you don't you don't end up winning the big game, but you take a moral lesson from it that that kind of sets you up better as a as a functioning member of society. Coming of age story. Everyone loves that. Yeah, I mean they've only got seven losses in the league. All the teams around them have about double. So still a lot of games to play. About twenty. About 20 in the championship left, I think. A little, little less, maybe. Uh, so that'll be a fun one. That's a little relegation battle to keep uh, keep an mm-hmm. eye on. Maybe I'll start paying more attention to the championship, James. Maybe. We'll have to see if there's good bets. I, I, I don't think there are many better games in English football than the championship playoffs. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're electric. Yeah. Absolutely electric. Uh, some it's legendary ones. It's must Shout out watch. Troy Deeney. Mm-hmm. The cojones, man. Um... Oh, Patrick, we almost, I don't know if you yes. got this later on, we almost skipped over our, our dear friend Jim Beglin and, and a little slip of the tongue, a little Freudian oh, slip. Oh, I didn't. I forgot about it. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Well, commentating on the dull game that was City against Chelsea in a, in a title fight, he uh, lost his, his attention span and let a little, a little empty had slip. By Sterling, and only too glad to be so. Well, you can hear the annoyance around the empty had because... The Etihad because basically he just let he just let it out there and quickly tried to reel it in. You could hear him audibly laughing on the live commentary, um, and then issued one of the most required Instagram apologies I've ever seen, saying he has great respect for the Manchester City Football Club. Um, imagine being the best team in the world, Patrick, and and just getting <laughs> your stadium absolutely dragged. Just getting clowned on by nobody cares. It's, it's life. Hilarious. It's life as a city fan. It's so amazing. It's like you have the most amazing science project at the science fair, but everyone wants to go hang out with the popular kid who stuck a a piece of wiring in a potato. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's brilliant. You know, I love a good analogy, and I f- so so rarely land the plane. That was brilliant, James. <laughs> that was absolutely brilliant. I don't know Maybe who we- that is in this situation. Probably Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea, United, and. Uh, you know, any other team with history. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's Spurs. It's, there. I said it. Yeah, there you, there you go. No, City, uh, yeah. What a what a joke. What a joke. The best part, the best part as uh as we heard is just him uh it was a complete it was a complete Freudian slip. It's just in the lexicon and he just it just happened. Mm-hmm. You know? There was no intent. It was just when he's just having a having a beer. Uh, with his, I forget. With his mates. I forget the context. He's calling it the empty head. It wasn't like the game was dragging either. I think it was like right before no. the right before the goal went in, and it, it, it he was. was just referencing the 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 venue as yeah. they always do. You know, <laughs> it's not uncommon for them to say, "Oh, it's you know, it's electric here at Turf Moor or Selhurst Park or you know, whatever." Mm-hmm. He just he just said the empty head. Sometimes <laughs> it comes out, Patrick. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I've been there. I've mm-hmm. been there. I've had a little slip of the tongue once or twice. It happens does happen to the best of us mm-hmm. and okay. me <laughs> and you all right i think chapeau of the week 
Um, I got a, I got a couple that are that are related, and then we'll get into. What is the difference between a chapo and a freak? We should probably take that one offline as well. Well, no, I mean this one's. I can answer this one better than our men of culture freak distinction. Uh, okay. So chapeau is like who who did something very commendable, who did something very like positive, commendable, um, deserves a little credit. Oh. So like okay, the, so maybe Wayne Rooney in hindsight, maybe that would have been a chapeau. Did you give it a freak? I was I just kind of lump them all together a little bit. Men of culture is still, just like if it's abroad, it can be kind of anywhere. <laughs> Rooney keeping Dar Ruby keeping Darby off the bottom of the table is a freak move. Yeah, James, I'm going to need you to put together a three-way Venn diagram of freak chapeau and men of culture. Okay. Uh, I, and then yeah, that'll be helpful. I don't think they're necessarily mutually exclusive. I I, I would I would challenge us to find someone who is both a chapeau and a freak. Well, here are mine. They're both players from Wolves. Um, I've got Adama Traore off the mark with his first goal of the season, so clap wow, it up for Adama. Big ups to the man. Yep, he's off yes. the mark. The ten stone guy himself. I don't know how much he weighs. I don't even know. I don't even remember what a stone is relative to pounds, but no clue. He is the ten stone man in my heart. And who says he can't finish? January, he's off the mark. And then on a more genuine note, I'm glad I put this one second. Raul Jimenez scored a pen this week to put him back at the top of Wolf scoring charts. Oh, and it just it just reminds you, Patrick. You know, his doctor said he could have died on the field, and here he is back playing top of top of the Wolves goals list. Good for him. Yep. Yeah. He's a he's a you know, that was an awful injury. Um, shout out to David Louise. Involved himself yet again in something ridiculous, but no, good to see, good to see him playing. I was, yeah, it kind of freaked me out for a little bit watching him play. Uh, it means that the headband does look extraordinarily precautionary. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a, a subtle thing he's got rocking up there. So, uh, good to, yeah, good to see him get on form. And Wolves, fun little team, Wolves, James, little sneaky boys that are sitting kind of outside looking in at the. Um, they're licking their Let's call chops. It the conference league. They're licking Let's their call chops. It the conference league. Not quite ready to call them a Europa League contender, but they're they're putting pressure on United. They're right there. Patrick, all things being equal, they they would consider themselves in with a shout to the top four. Yeah. What are they? Six games off the pace. Two, Two games. games in hand. Yep. yep you have yep. to say it, right? It's going to be. I'd like for these games to get at least where. And, you know, even Leicester's in this weird spot. Like, Leicester, if Leicester wins their games in hand, spoiler alert, they won't. They're uh, uh, they're fourth. They're tied with West Ham. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of teams still in play here. Brighton, well, obviously, in no, the next. Wait, what? No. Yeah. Leicester's on 25 points, points. Yeah. And they've got four less played than West Ham. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. It's a disaster. I don't, even know how to, I don't even know how to read this table. It's all too much. It's all this too much insane. for me. Oh, oh! What if I told you oh, if Burnley won their games in hand, they'd be like sixth place? It would Burnley be a, it game. would be a total lie. But who's got the most games played? Is it twenty two? Yep, twenty two. City. So Go 15, figure. That would take them to twenty six. It would take them to tenth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's just a That's little bit insane. of quick math for you guys. Mm-hmm. All right. It should be a fun one. We're halfway through, lot left to play for. Of course, of course. Patrick, goal of the week. Do you need me to describe the difference between freak of the week and goal of the week? All right, James. Um, I was debating, but not anymore. My goal of the week's Coutinho. What a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> wow. piece of work. What a wow. beautiful piece of work. Just Ricochet shot. <laughs> uh, beautiful team goal. And for me, James, this one isn't necessarily uh, you know, the technician's choice. Uh, I will call this kind of a... The, the moment is playing into my decision here. Uh, and not out of any sort of, uh, I guess, um, mm. in a vindictive way. You just loved the moment. Uh, though I did say it in a vindictive way. Uh, just the way that that game Let the record flipped show. on its head at the substitution right after the goal. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. It, just all, it was all so perfect for the little, the, 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 what, are, what are they calling him? What's his little nickname? Magician something? I don't know. I forget what his name what is. Do they but call anyway, him? I thought they called him a little magician or something like that. Uh, but yeah, he really was. He really was. He might just be different gravy in the Premier League. And if so, glad to have him back. Coutinho, goal of the week. That's it? You're done? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. 
Nice goal. St. <laughs> Maximin for me, Patrick. The complete solo effort. He's been doing it Brilliant. an astounding amount. Uh, catch him with his Louis Vuitton headband, too. Uh, that, that gets cleared. Beast. And he rocks it. And it's like, if you have a lot of, you have a lot of ammo against you to overcome if you're rocking a Louis, a Louis V headband. It's like, well, this guy's got to prove it. And St. Maximin's like one of probably five guys in the league who, who, could, who could do that. And it's, it's with what he does on the field. He is a shining light in a trough of slop that is Newcastle. Um, <laughs> bullies the ball off of the Watford defender, cuts inside, cut inside, man, does it again, and then rockets one to the goalie's near post. Um, really incredible. I don't know if I've given him a goal of the week this so far this season, and it feels like high time that I did. So shout out yeah. to the boy. Yeah, everything he does is, is, is class. Uh, certainly, certainly like the guy. He's one of two players on Newcastle that have more than one goal on the season, so really putting the team on his back, mm. uh, Callum Wilson being the other. With a, with a, a season-ender. Needs a little bit of help. Yeah, of course, yeah. The yeah. team needs a little bit of help. Uh, Enter Chris Wood. Call Eddie. Call Eddie. You might be able to pull a, pull a Willock-esque transfer out of your hat again. Oh, it worked once. Mm-hmm. Why not try it again? Mm-hmm. Hail, just Yeah, just hail end, move him over. Let's have a day. Indeed. All right. Take us home. All right, folks. It's been a while, but we're back again. I've been performing moderately well, uh, if you don't count, can't lose parlays on the betting recently. Going with two locks of the week, James. i got a lot here for you. And it's just, it's just, I'm taking all of these. I'm not encouraging the Prem heads to take all of these, but I feel like it's been a while since I've given uh, kind of a, a robust degenerate district. So, Two locks, three meatballs, and two donkeys here. My two locks, um, Villa to win at Everton. There will be no bounce. Plus 165 for Villa. Everton will not get the bounce. I like what Villa's doing right now. Uh, And then in what is going to be, uh, I call it the game of the week, James. Uh, I believe it's his first time back. Might not be his first time back, but Conti's return to Stamford Bridge. Going to take Chelsea at minus 145 there. Mm. The return to the bridge. Uh, I rate Chelsea to get the result there. Uh, but that one should be a great game. That one's going to be a great game. Uh, Spurs again are making my way into the meatballs. I got Spurs and Leicester at a draw plus 245. Game just feels like a draw to me. Uh, both those teams have been pretty good at bottling in the last couple of years, so I don't see a win coming here. Uh Norwich over Watford at plus 255 in a big, big game in the relegation battle. I like what Norwich is doing on form. I think it's closer to a toss-up game, even though it is away for Norwich, plus 255. And then James, West Ham coming to Old Trafford, plus 285. Seems generous. Seems generous for what, again, another one I think is doable. So that's getting another meatball. Unbelievable. Donkey. James, you just can't stay out of the crosshairs, can you? Donkey style, Brentford at home versus Man U. We know how hard it is to play at Brentford Stadium. And we know what we're getting out of Man U right now, which is you don't know what you're getting. So that's a donkey at plus 330. And then James. What a slight. I think you're going to like this one. I think you're going to like this one. Couldn't get much worse. If if you thought, if 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 you looked at Liverpool versus Arsenal in the Carabao Cup, and you look at what they're able to do without Mane and Salah. It's not a team that's inspiring a lot of confidence. A team that is inspiring a lot of confidence for me right now, James, is Crystal Palace, and they're at home to Liverpool at plus 440. That was also famously the the venue in Liverpool's one-loss season where they picked up that loss mm. at Crystal Palace. Relevant. I like what Vieira's doing, plus 440. Big donkey alert. Big donkey alert. And that's the district, James. Well, I, a lot to what your whistle with there. Yeah, I'm sure they're all going to hit, Patrick. A lot of real positive odds. This one, <laughs> this one, we're probably cash flow positive with two, maybe three wins. Positive so, vibes only. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Yeah, we just got to hit one, one or two meatballs. Yeah. Uh, we're not bringing the can't lose parlay into the realm of football. This kind of football. I, I really like uh, Palace hosting Liverpool. Do I think you? that's just a complete smash and grab type of game. I think Palace is playing some great football. They are right playing now. well. They are playing well. And Liverpool are just they don't know what I, I just don't think they know what to do without those other two to yeah. like really be decisive. Fabulous. Uh, 
I think it's a 10-man arsenal, of course. Maybe that's just maybe they're that good. I don't know. Who's to say? James? Who's to say? <laughs> what a smattering of uh, of options out there. You know, some more personally offensive than others, but we are not here to pass judgment. I certainly am not. That's for the prem heads to decide. You control your money, not these buffoons. And with that, Patrick, I'll go ahead and send us off for this week, but we'll be back next week, and I think we're going to lead it off with a little trip down memory lane to when we were bright-eyed season predictors back in August when everything looked mm. so so beautiful, so full of hope, so inspiring, and now we're beaten down and, and well downtrodden in January. We'll see how our takes have shaped up and what is still to come from the rest of the season, but for now... We will be bidding you adieu. On behalf of Patrick, this is James. Signing us off. What's up, Prem heads? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem de la Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem de la Prem podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life.